This is Triple M's Rush Hour with JB and Billy. Thanks to Bluebet. Bet with the homegrown bookie this spring carnival. Bluebet, what are you really gambling with? Five, four, three, two, one. I see assholes like you every day. Daisy Thomas. Every f- Bridge Duclos. Is this moron number one? How have your kids grown up? Are they okay? <laughs> Put moron number two on the phone. Well, they're both in juvie, but... <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you two? Everybody's working. Listen to the Rush Hour. Summer edition. I feel good. Massive edition of the Rush Hour for your Monday. Up and about, I hope everyone is, because the Aussies last night were truly oh. magnificent. And when you think Australian... Cricketers, and you think Australian cricket plus Fujitsu, you think of Mark Chubby Taylor, and he'll be up shortly to talk about the cricket plus JB's wedding. He was a guest there. We go to the family on a couple of topics, but more importantly, a gift that I received that was subpar. Nick Watson, the kid who's hoping to be drafted tonight, the wizard they call him, he'll be on the line. And 2019, we go back to to finish the show with a joke from Billy Brownless oh. as I welcome the adjudicator of those jokes, the wonderful, <laughs> the magnificent Bridget Duclos. Oh, what a lineup! Thank you very much, Days, and uh, happy draft day. Thank to you. you and yours. Um, <laughs> a very big day, and we should probably um, celebrate the fact that the the marriage of the year. Mm did take place on Friday. The nuptials of uh, one James Brayshaw and Lisa Christie. We'll get that to get to that in a minute, but first <laughs> first I'd like She's to say again. Oh. No, I didn't forget. Are you sure? I just want to say hello to you. <laughs> hello, Bridge. With the support, little kick around the body is okay. Thomas has marked the first game up. He's an exciting young prospect, oh. Daniel Thomas, from 40 metres. Drop part. And he sees him. Wait for the Young Dale Thomas. And now, if you want to see a look at that young Dale Thomas, have a look on our Instagram page. My goodness. What a little spunk rat he was back then. Fresh-faced. And I do want to ask you later, though, in all honesty, about what it was like for you on draft day, because it's a massive day for these young kids. It has changed a lot too, Bridge. Yeah, a lot. Mm. And you were number two? I was. I didn't have to wait that long. So a few of the kids will uh, get to live that, my one and two, and the rest will have to wait for a bit longer. Yeah. Mm. We can touch on that later. Let's touch on it. Do you want to do some newsy stuff? You I do. Touched on I it. want to talk about the nuptials of our JB, uh-huh. our yes. host, Captain, would you call him? Oh, no. Of the rush hour. And his gorgeous bride, Lisa Christie, it did take place uh, in Perth on Friday. Mm. Billy Brownless, uh, who's going to come on and chat to us and give us all the dirt tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> we can't get him on in a working capacity, no, but he's happy to come he's on. Happy he's to still talk. in Perth. I spoke to him today. Six nights at Crown, he's at Oh, <laughs> He's probably still on right Rockness Island yes. after the yeah. yeah. Gil McLaughlin was there, Adam Gilchrist was there, Justin Langer, Sam Newman, Hutchie, Luke Darcy, Nathan Brown, Damien Barrett, Mike Fitzpatrick, uh, uh, notable absentees, one Daisy Thomas, one Bridget Duclos, <laughs> one Rabbity Rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> but we had to do the show, which is why we couldn't go. Yes. Official paparazzi photos have come out too. I, come not, on. I'm... The king of kings. He's organised that for sure. <laughs> well, I have not seen an actual shot of the bride and groom yet. Have you? No, no, I haven't either. They so. must have had like, um, remember that girl that got married with the umbrellas? Remember <laughs> no. that Tara Moss got married with umbrellas? So <laughs> I was no going to say Rihanna. Yeah, her too. Anyway, apparently it was a lovely, lovely night, day, and Tubby Taylor will tell us about it. Do you think they're going to sell 
Is this like a magazine deal we're thinking? Well, the only reason Surely you Surely not. It has to be. Because really? the only reason you don't let pictures oh. out is if you're selling the deal. The most self-indulgent thing we might have ever seen. No, I don't reckon. I don't I reckon hope so. No, the top no. flight, the top flight would not. That. The top flight wouldn't do that. No. No, he wouldn't do it. Well, unless it's worth 50. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait and see about that. Tay, hey, what about, I touched on it off the top, the cricket last night. I watched right up until that catch, and God, it was good. I love the fact that, that you was put about it, five overs. Yeah, but it was a good five overs. <laughs> put it in the WhatsApp group. I'm watching the cricket. Yeah. At eight o'clock, you weren't responding to any text. You must have been asleep. But it was, this was incredible. Oh, the Aussies man. won the toss, and they sent India into bat, which was controversial. Issue, Very it? controversial. Yeah. They fielded unbelievably, kept them to 240, mm. and then over to you. They say the Aussies that- coming out not so good. Three for 47, I think. <sighs> and then came our man Travis. Oh Head. my God, our man. Oh, no! Calls through for a single, needs to hurry. A hundred for Travis Head on the biggest of stages. He joins the legends, Ponting and Gilchrist, as an Australian to make a hundred in the World Cup final. It's an innings of substance. His team loves it. It's a win for the good guys. It was absolutely amazing. And he took that amazing catch, the one I saw too, mm. earlier in the thing. I was a bit disappointed with the audience, though. We'll talk about that with Tubby, because the audience, the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's not theatre. 130,000 you weren't happy with? 128,000 left and didn't wait for the presentation, mm. which, yeah. He did it beautifully, though, because he made his century and then he went out with two runs to go. So he got the applause. Everyone yeah. was clapping him off. And then two runs later, they got another applause and Australia won the World Cup. So Glenn Maxwell has come out to the middle, and what odds of him trying to hit the first ball to the fence? <laughs> Bang! <laughs> He'll come back for two, and Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time, and in front of 120,000 people, they've upstaged the home team in magnificent fashion. Absolutely incredible. So we've got Tubby Taylor on in about five minutes. And so you do odds days. That's your thing. What sort of odds would have we been at? Like we were not expected to win. Three for 47, probably mm. 10 bucks, mm. yeah. maybe more. Yeah. Very unlikely. Yeah. Campbell responsibly, of course. A uh, bit of AFL news, as we said. The draft is on tonight. The first round will be held in at Marvel Stadium. Mm-hmm. We wish all those young kids all the very yeah. best. The Harley West Coast. Reed, expected to go number one. Two. Two. West Coast? No, no. Oh, Who two? Sorry, West Coast. West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> that was confusing. You thought you got it wrong. That's my fault. They do go in sequential order. Um, AFLW, the Demons go out in straight sets. I know. That was a shock. See you later. They yep. got beaten by the Cats yesterday by five points. Mm-hmm. And as we were told last week, the Crows were to dominate the Sydney Swans, and they did just that, which sets up prelims this week. The Lions to take on the Cats in Ipswich, and North Melbourne to take on the Crows at Icon Park. Mm, uh, and some tennis news. Novak Djokovic wins a record seventh ATP yeah. final, beating hometown Yannick Sinner in straight sets. Whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, See you, Joker. I'm, I'm, Are you I'm still off him? I'm off him. I'm sick of him. Okay. I want that young Alcatraz to come through. I like him better. Alcatraz. <laughs> you know that young Spaniard? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Alcatraz was the prison. Yes. Alcaraz is the tennis player. But that's okay. Hey, we need to talk more cricket. We need yep. to get Tubby on the line. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Right now, we are joined by former Australian cricket captain and current captain of the Triple M Cricket Coverage, Australian of the Year, Father of the Year, and just an absolute legend, Mark Tubby Taylor. The Aussies are once again Men's Cricket World Cup champions. And Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time. They've upstaged the home team in magnificent fashion. Here to help us celebrate this magnificent performance, please welcome a man who captained the Aussies in 67 one-dayers, Mark Taylor. 
Tubby, thanks for joining us, mate. You have been there as a part of one of the biggest moments in Australian cricketing history. How was the wedding of JB? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it was obviously much bigger than what happened last night. Yeah, the, the, the wedding was terrific, although some of us uh, on Saturday flew back home from Perth to, to watch what was probably slightly bigger news last night when Australia did beat India to win the World Cup. So I've had a very good weekend, to be honest. A couple of beers on JB's tab, which was very nice. Um, and then and then to watch Australia win a World Cup was a pretty good weekend. It was so exciting, wasn't it, Tubby? And I've got to say, uh, just can we start with the with the um, uh, Pat Cummins choosing to bowl? That was a little bit controversial. Oh, absolutely. Um, very very gutsy move, really. Um, I've got to say that you know, when I used to play, which was last century, unfortunately, it was always <laughs> get runs on the board. That mm. was the way we, we played our one-day cricket sort of 24 years ago. Um, but but Pat saw the pitch. It was a little underprepared. It certainly wasn't a great pitch by any means. And I think India were trying to keep it lower and slower. And I think they felt that would suit their play a lot more. But Pat sensed it, thought, well, it'll be best to bowl when it is dry and hot. Mm. And that may help our spinners, help our quicks who bowl a lot of cutters. And we did it beautifully. And then we fielded superbly. And that was probably the key. Uh, that catch that Travis Head took to remove mm. Rohit Sharma, that changed the game. And then obviously the wicket of Virat Kohli. I've never heard 100,000-plus people so quiet in all my life um, yeah. when, when Virat Kohli was bowled late last night. The fielding was magnificent, as you said, also in the game before against South Africa. But just the planning that they were able to execute, especially that bowling through the middle overs there, 12 different bowlers change after change without anyone bowling two overs in a row. Yeah, they did. They, they mixed it up. Mitch Marsh has hardly bowled in the tournament. He bowled a couple of overs. Then Travis Head bowled a few overs. Well, obviously, he bowled in the in the semi as well and picked up a couple of wickets in that semi-final. So I think what Pat did and what the Australians did was they, they played without any fear. They, mm. they, 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 in a way, they left themselves open for criticism by, by bowling first, by changing the bowlers all the time. If it doesn't work, people then are very quick to jump down your throat and say you got it all wrong. Um, but what he did was he, play, he played the way he believed was going to win the game and his players felt it was it was right and they supported him. So there's no doubt that Pat, uh, Pat is certainly growing as a captain and his side of uh, rallying him around him. So I think no matter what Australia did yes, last night, they would have won that game because they played far more positive cricket than India did. Yeah, and what do you think this win means too, well, to Australia and to Pat Cummins as captain? We've really reached a whole new point. Oh, well, winning a World Cup is, is obviously something extremely special. Um, mm. They only come round every four years. But I think also to win it in a year that you win the World Test Championship um, suggests that you're a very good all-round cricket side. I think that's the, the probably the crowning glory of it all, is it not just are we dominating one format of the game, we're, we're, we're dominating two in the same year. So, um, and if you look at Australia's side, it's not that dissimilar to our test match team. So the people that are being produced at the moment are, are very good all-round cricketers and very good at adapting, and that's a sign of, a, of an excellent cricket side. Mm. Does that just make India our bunnies, though? Roll them in the test championship, <laughs> now roll them in the ODIs? They'll begin to think that way, won't they? There's no doubt about that. Like, but in, in a way, if you look back to last night, though, I think when we got there, there was there was murmuring about this pitch um, that – you know, they've got the World Cup final there and, and it looked underprepared, it looked dry, it was rough. Mm. Um, you know, it, it looked to me like 
the, 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 the authorities were trying to keep it, um, as I said, as low and as slow as they possibly could, which in a way you would think would suit India, but in a way I think it put the Indians under pressure because they felt they had to win on that, te- on that surface mm. at home. And I think they didn't play with the freedom. They've played all tournament. They've played on all sorts of surfaces, India. Fast ones, slow ones, and they've been the best side. And now, all of a sudden, they're starting to to fiddle with with the pitch to try and a trying to help their their side out, which, in a way, I, I think um, unset their psyche. They only hit four boundaries after the uh, the tenth over last night. They went into their shell because they they felt the pressure of it all. Where Australia played with a lot more freedom, and as I said a moment ago, played a lot more positively than than uh, India did potentially too clever by half. What about a bloke who isn't too clever by half, but Christ, he's good at cricket, Travis Head. What about <laughs> oh. that? Three for 47 struts out there, next minute game over. Oh, yeah, that, that was some of the cleanest hitting. On, on mm. a pitch, as I said, it wasn't it wasn't oh. a bad pitch by any means, but it was it certainly wasn't a, a road, and he just made it look, well, so easy in a way. Um, and look, to be man of the match in the semi, 60-odd um, and, and two wickets in the semi, and then that catch... Uh, in the final and the 137 um, to be man of the match in the semi in the final, and he was also man of the match in the in the World Test Championship earlier this year at the Oval. So incredible! He's having he's having a pretty good year actually, Trav. <laughs> oh, isn't he just? And I just want to ask you about what it means for India. Like you know, 130 plus thousand people there watching the favourites lose. What does it mean for them? Oh, look, they'll obviously be gutted, but. Well, the, the Indians, you know, they love their cricket. And look, to be honest, they love Australian cricket as well. As much as they'll be you know, gutted that their side didn't win, they enjoy having the Australian side over there. They they welcome Australian players every year to the IPL and they're often well sought after. So I think they will console themselves a little bit with the fact that if it wasn't going to be India when it, it was Australia. Uh, but as I said, they'll be all hurting a little bit today because after... Being the, being the best side, no, no yeah. doubt about that, during the tournament, mm. uh, and then to lose so emphatically, uh, that, that'll be a hard pill to swallow, firstly, uh, over the next couple of days anyway. It'll be remiss of us not to ask, what sort of Nick was Billy Brownless in at that wedding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy, and I tell the truth drinking... too, we've got him on tomorrow. I think he was drinking soda water all day. <laughs> <laughs> he was drinking with me, you know, and, and Billy and I together look after each other. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll run with that story until we speak to him tomorrow, Tubby. Yeah, I, I, that, that's what I'm going to stick with anyway. I have to give him a call after go off, after get off this line just to make sure he follows the same path. <laughs> uh, very good, mate. We appreciate your time. What a night for Aussie cricket, and uh, can't wait to chat to you next time when we dominate someone else. Thanks a lot, Yeg. It was good fun. It was it was great to watch last night. Mark Taylor on the rush hour. By the way, Tubby will be part of Triple M Cricket's summer, of course, the test against the West Indies and Pakistan starting in about four weeks' time. So it's really, really close. So thank you very much, Tub. This is Triple M's Rush Hour. A champion footballer. Thomas is up one of the biggest barrels. Teams up with Radio Royalty. Your show, but I've taken over. Triple M's Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. What are you wearing? What are you wearing? I need to get to the bottom of this and I need some help. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) About a month ago, I came home to a lovely wrapped up present from Natasha. Oh, your beautiful uh, finance? Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Finance is not her strong point. Fiance. Fiance is a very similar word. (laughs) So I've come in and all excited because, you know, gifts for birthdays, you know, I'm pretty good at her, not so much questionable. Valentine's Day, she gets something, I get naught. Christmas, we're okay. 
But random gifts random are Random gifts surprise yep. me. Yep. Opened it up. Mm-hmm. What do you see, Bridge? I see a T-shirt with a big heading in red letters that says Natasha, and then there are one, two, three, four, five shots of the most gorgeous-looking girl I've ever seen, which I gather is the lovely Natasha. That is Natasha. So she's gifted me a shirt <laughs> with of herself <laughs> with <laughs> massive branding of her name on it. Massive. Yeah, and she thought it was brilliant. I thought it was absolutely shit house. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> like, love it. Would not have been more often. I love it. You know what makes it worse though? What the expectation on me to wear it? Because she does look good in every shot. Well, that's too. the thing. So we went to up to Noosa for Jack Silvani's wedding. Yep. Yeah. What clothes did I have left out for me to wear <laughs> after Natasha I packed everything t-shirt. out? A Natasha t-shirt. Did she make you wear it? I'm rinsing through the airport with a Natasha t-shirt. And the funniest thing was, she's obviously a bit made up in these ones from nights out. 6.30 in the morning with no makeup. I don't think people were quite drawing the correlation that that might have been the girl on the shirt. Okay, did you say that out loud? Yeah, no. Hopefully she's not listening. Love I you, absolutely love that t-shirt. I think it's absolutely brilliant and good on her. It's so as you don't forget. Well, I'm just going to put it out there eventually to the family. The crap is present you've Received. Well, I don't think that's crap, but I, oh God. Have I, you got one? I got the, we for our wedding many years ago when I was married, obviously. Um, got, <laughs> that's how it works. Got the worst wedding present from one of Michael's friends. Just going to say that out loud. Don't think we see them anymore, so it's all right. <laughs> I love the way um, you scan the room. Yeah. <laughs> They're nasty yeah. guys, they work at SCA. <laughs> Where are they? Um, so uh, let's put it this way it was wrapped, it was about six foot high. Mm. And when we unwrapped it, it was a sculpture, which sounds lovely, a yeah. sculpture. How lovely. Everyone loves a sculpture. But unfortunately, this sculpture was made of car parts. So it was like there was like an axle, a clutch, brake pads. Muffler. Like a piston, a muffler, a battery, tyres. Dipstick. In, a dipstick in the most, <laughs> Looking at it. without a doubt, the ugliest piece of art oh. I have ever set eyes on. And I said to Michael... Not happening in our house. <laughs> so we had to put it in the garage and then whenever they came over, we'd wheel it out. <laughs> oh, so it had a wheel on it too. No, then. Yeah. But the worst thing is, Rabs, about 10 of them went into it. I was thinking oh. of all the, you know, gravy so boats I could have got instead. Yeah. It wasn't homemade. It was it was purchased. It was by a person, oh, an artist. Mm. But ooh. So that's the worst I've had. I think your lovely Natasha T-shirt is much nicer mm. than that. Ooh, Crap presents are, are a thing. I, 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 I try and make a thing of... Giving good presents. Uh, I think most people do, <laughs> except <laughs> Natasha and the people that went to exactly. wedding. <laughs> so one triple three five three. What's the worst present you've received or given? Ah, oh. Ooh. take okay. a brave person to own up yes. and say they <laughs> gave a crap one. But I, I own up, you people who gave me that sculpture. <laughs> one triple three five three. The worst gift you've given or received, and you can win a Kango Tools and Accessories pack worth two hundred and seventy bucks. Triple M's Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. We're asking, what is the worst gift you've given or received? Yes, on the back of me receiving a T-shirt with six photos of Natasha's head on it and branding <laughs> of Natasha up the top. So we put it to the family and they've, uh, they've had some bad ones. We go to Simone in Geelong. Simone, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Terrific, thank you. What was your crap present? Um, at our wedding, we said that we um, requested no children and... Um, my sister-in-law, <laughs> yeah, my sister-in-law for a present said that her present was um, having to pay for a babysitter oh. for the night, oh. and that was literally it. She didn't give us anything, not even a card. How's that working out for you now with the sister-in-law, Simone? <laughs> yeah, we, we don't talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> Who would actually do that? That is unbelievable. Yes, and, and it did happen, and, and yeah, still to this day we joke about it, and um 
Yeah, and that was 13 years ago, and, yeah, we don't have anything to do with them. Wow, I'm just trying to work out. When I was a babysitter, I charged five bucks an hour, five that, times six hours, 30 bucks. That rate's gone up a lot. That's <laughs> gone up. What do you pay? 25 an hour, oh, cash God. only. Cash um, only. I love that she used the word joke so loosely there. Yes. We joke about it. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> rather serious. Yeah. Uh, Evan's in Geelong. Hi, Evan. Hey, how are you going? Very well. What, uh, what did you receive that was pretty crap? Oh, so I was eight years of age and, you know, as a kid, you're loving Christmas, you're loving presents. And then my mum's like, oh, I've got one for my cousin here. And mind you, she was a bit of a weird cat. <laughs> and anyway, um, I go and look and I open it and it's a tea kettle warmer. Oh, like a tea cosy. Oh. Yeah, like, like sort of like a tea cosy. It was knitted. She said she knitted it herself. And I sort of had to stand there in front of her and just go, <laughs> oh, thank you very much. And then the year later, she gave us a lamp with like, you know, she's into DIY and put books all over everywhere in between it. Tried to do this futuristic art. You know, you've just got to sit there and be a nice kid and say thank you. But, oh, yeah, it was pretty shocking. <laughs> Did you get a kettle with the tea kettle warmer at least? Nah, it didn't even get, come with a kettle. <laughs> Do you know what the tea? We've got, we've got, we had like a boiled kettle where you just flick the lever, so it was no good. So. Uh, uh, a tea warmer really is not ideal. Not in this century. N- not, when you're, not when you're eight years old. <laughs> no, honest. I thought I was getting a Lego set or a video game. <laughs> yeah. Or some Hot Wheels but, at least. Mm. Yeah, but it's got nothing, so yeah, it was good. No, no good to her. No, that's Evan. not ideal. Uh, Jody's Hold there the in Bond Beach. Hello, how are you? Well, thanks. And yourself? Oh, not too bad. Now, the worst present I've ever had from my husband was a red tail light for my car on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Did you need a new one? I've had, <laughs> I've had laser levels given to me. I've had um, dr- electric drills because he's a carpenter builder. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one? A massive vacuum cleaner that builders use. All right, I'm getting a theme here with your husband, Jody. He's not a silly man, is he? <laughs> and he never remembers what day my birthday is. How's that? Oh. Are, you, are you still with him? Yeah, yeah, we're still together. No. Do you return the favour on his birthday and just buy stuff that you need, like no, a hair straightener? No, I... and? <laughs> no, no, I just go ahead and buy what I was going to buy and rub it in. Well, I think nothing says Valentine's Day like a red tail light. <laughs> and you've always said that. That's the beauty of you. That was a hallmate card you tried to get through. <laughs> Kieran is in Killsyth. G'day, Kieran. G'day, guys. How are you going? Very good, thank you. What did you get that you hated? Um, about three years ago, so that would make it 2020 in this day and age of streaming services and everything being watched online. My lovely, tight-ass oldest brother thought for his baby brother, I'm going to give him a DVD set that was the Essendon Grand Finals of 2000, 1993, 1984 and 1985 on a DVD. Mm. And, and I just looked at and I had given him a... Um, I think I gave him a, a slab of um, of beer and possibly, and it might have even been a bottle of whiskey to say thanks for helping me out it's for something, and that's what I got in return. Mm. Wow. I'm tipping that was on the sale rack at Harvey Norman, that particular think, DVD uh, set. Maybe cash covers for two bucks. <laughs> are you an Essendon fan, though? We are. I'm an Essendon fan, but the problem is, Daisy, where would I watch it? Because I, I haven't bought a DVD player for yeah. 10 years, and two, why would I want to watch reruns when we win finals now. Yeah, well, that could be the point I was going at. If you hang on to them long enough, they could be collector's edition yeah. the way your club's going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty babe. A DVD box set, no, no good. Not in this day and age. Uh, Brett's there in Hampton Park. Brett, how are you, pal? I'm good, and I'm going to take you back to 1988. Mm. Christmas. Yeah. I was 13, and my brother got a new bike for Christmas and a jet hopper, and I thought, all right, what am I getting? I've got a croquet set. 
Oh, bit bit young for croquet, did you think? Well, I got my own back by taking it out in the backyard and Dad had a perfectly manicured lawn and he got all the croquet hoops punched into that lawn. <laughs> Do you still play the game? I hate it with a passion. <laughs> I mean, I'd love a croquet set at my mm. age, but at 13, I'm not sure. It's quite weird. a bit of childhood trauma just to kick no. things off. Uh, who do you like, Bridge? Oh, my God. Well, how many, Grabsy? Two. Mm. Well, definitely, I'm sorry, but Simone um, getting the babysitting money for her present from yep. her sister-in-law at the wedding. Simone would love to give you a prize. Yeah, we'll give Simone a call back, but she's got a $100 grilled voucher headed her way. And oh, I think we go with Jodie as well, who got the tail lights. She needs a prize. Yeah, they both need presents. You're right, Jody. We're going to send you a cracking, a cracking. Yeah, we'll send you a uh, a toolkit. No, we'll send you a, a cracking gift box featuring a bottle of cracking. I need a toolkit. Okay, all right. We'll send you the toolkit. There's a all, drill bit. Yeah, all yeah. thanks to Kango Tools. Yeah, valued at over two hundred and seventy bucks. Oh, thirty-six piece hyper torque impact no. driving set. Yeah, what's she, what's she asked for? Jody, is that really what you want? Absolutely, and engrave my name all over them. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. You can't go past Kango oh, for quality hand tools. They'll be better than anything your hubby already has and accessories that go to distance. <laughs> Kango, look for the yellow target. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Now, random question for you, Daisy. If I asked you who is the world's sexiest bald man, who would you say? The only bald person that comes to my mind, and probably not worldwide, is still side bottom. So, <laughs> oh, come on, come on, think a bit. Question without think notice. A bit, think a bit broader. Um, come on, broad. Come back to me, Gary Ablett. Oh, broader. So I've gone from <laughs> AFL to AFL. You're telling me to think broader. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> the Rock wouldn't have killed you. <laughs> sounds like I, I'm going to tell us. you. I'm going to tell you next. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who has topped? The the list for the world's sexiest <laughs> bald man, and it's not steel side bottom. <laughs> the skies are bluer. The sun is shining. The weather's warmer. If there's a pool, I'm there. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Nick Watson, potential draftee, is going to join us, and we have uncovered Mike Shifter Sheen's notes on Daisy's draft oh, year. I look forward to them. Wow. It'll be better than any school Shifter report has I sent ever them got. in himself to us. Are they complimentary? Very complimentary. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly sounds skinny. Not nearly as much fun. <laughs> um, the list of the top world sexiest bald men for yep. 2023 has come across your desk. It's come. I love lists, don't you? I love lists. I like knowing who number one is. Okay. And there's been an absolute, um, well, what would you call it? Uh, the main man. Boil has been over. A boil over. Yes. Vin Diesel used to be the top spot and he's been dethroned. I'm not going to tell you about her. I just want you to know how they do this, how they work it out. They Vin dethroned. <laughs> it's based on how many internet searches people look for shirtless or naked photos of bald men. That's one. Wow. This is, this is their criteria, seriously. Mm. Then they analyse the bald man's height. His net worth, well, that's relevant, I'm not sure. And then they use another metric called the shine factor, <laughs> which is the radiance an of his scalp. <laughs> an official sh- <laughs> shine factor. It's a very scientific list, this one. So right. coming in at number five mm-hmm. is Jeff Bezos. Oh, Bezos. That? Bezos, him yes. too. That really rich guy. They've gone heavy on the net worth yeah. then with uh, yeah. Bezos. Heavy on the net yeah. worth, not so much on the naked search. Mm. I'm tipping. <laughs> good num- shine factor, though. Yeah, good shine factor. <laughs> I'm not num- sure what's in your Google, but <laughs> <laughs> might have got him across the line. 
<laughs> Number four of the world's sexiest bald man, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, okay. I yeah, we we'll give that. I would have yeah. made him higher. Number three, Jason Statham. Yep. B grade. Oh, Number oh. two. <laughs> B grade. Don't you think B? He's in Snatch. He's in Lockstock. He's been great yeah, movies. B-ish. And he's fairly chiselled. Well, chiselled yeah. is all. He's a B. At number two, who has been dethroned, is Vin Diesel. Mm -hmm. And coming in. Is he A-grade enough for you? Yeah, just. Coming in at number one of the world's sexiest bald man list for 2023. Prince William. Is that fair dinkum? Absolutely fair dinkum. Sexy, not here. Mm. Cash? Not his own. (laughs) (laughs) Height? Yeah. Um, apparently he's got a very good shine factor. Who's searching <laughs> Prince William nude? Well, oh, it, that's it. That actually gives me shivers. Maybe, maybe um, <laughs> Meghan Markle. Actually, <laughs> Just wondering. It's awful. <laughs> I'm wondering about the brother. No, Meghan Markle might be searching nude. He you might. asked who, and I'm just thinking she's, she doesn't like him. Oh. oh, she might be looking for comparison. A bit of a hate <laughs> I thought you were going down some weird yeah, other search. God, no, sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you got a top five list that? Um, yeah, I wouldn't have had any of them. My number five would be uh, Bruce Willis. Mm, okay. He's a good-looking bald man. Mm-hmm. Number four, Kelly Slater. Yeah. So, can we ask what your criteria is? My criteria <laughs> is over fifty, because <laughs> I work in a different demographic, <laughs> and um, just a good-looking head. Okay. And right. also, just something else going on. Bit Not necessarily a bit of riz. Yep. Yeah, a bit of riz. Number three, John Malkovich. <laughs> I absolutely love him. <laughs> That's definitely different demographic. Who's John Malkovich? John. <laughs> he's an actor. He's oh. an actor. Yeah, yeah. You, really? B when grade. were you born? Nineteen eighty seven. He's not B grade. He is A grade. Is he? Yes, he is. I'll Google him after I'm done with this search. Number about two, William. Lord Voldemort. From Harry Potter. He what, comes the in, character? Yes, he comes in number two in my bald man. But as him one, as the character? The character. But he's got no shine well, and he's got no net worth. Uh, look, it's my own criteria. Can right I change the rules? Yeah. And in at number one, my favourite bald man in the whole world. Can you do the drum roll? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep, no worries. <laughs> number one of Bridges World's Sexiest Bald Man <laughs> list for 2023. Yes. Larry David. Oh, right. So who have you given B grade to? Curb your enthusiasm. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. <laughs> Bit of hard done by. Jason Statham's <laughs> B grade. John Malkovich is A grade. Bruce Willis is A grade. I just Googled Prince William nude. Oh, Daisy. Oh, no, no, there's some rank photo of him playing water polo. Oh. <laughs> He's not the top of the list. And the shine factor doesn't appear to be on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M's Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. In other news, um, I'm very sad about this. Peter Hitchner, who is without a doubt my favourite newsreader in the world from Channel 9, uh, he's been iconic. He's just been everywhere. Took over from Brian Naylor, of course, when he got um, killed in those tragic bushfires. After more than 50 years on screen, he's stepping away from the nightly bulletin. Uh, he's oh. going to anchor the weekend news. Stepping away? Well. With sort of yeah. a foot and a hand Well, it's in the hard, back. hard to say. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> oh, he's gorgeous. Well, Alicia Loxley, who I do like as well, and Tom Steinfeld are going to be doing a, okay. a double hooter. Mm-hmm. But Peter Hitchner was very kind to me one day. I ran into him at the gym and he was doing some circus work, which he was, like learning circus. some circus tricks. Hey, and I hang was, on. <laughs> Wait. Well, no, like circus work's very good for your core. Your core. Circus? Yeah. Like, you know. Circuit? Circus. 
Oh, so like on like the people in, like what in Pink tents. does on the yeah, like the Pink ribbons. Does. Yeah, he was doing a bit of that work, which is really good for your core. Right. And I was whinging to him about how I had a sore something or other. My place like has gone like to trapeze <laughs> artistry. How hard like is this for you to understand? School. There's a thing that hangs down, yeah. like a ropey type thing, yeah. and you it's a bit like pole dancing without the pole, yeah. I suppose. Like so, right. And it's very good for your core. So that sounds more like gymnastics than probably well, circus arts. all right. Maybe I should have said gymnastics. <laughs> right. So, so I Peter, Peter Hitchin is pole dancing on a rope. <laughs> Is he was what? doing circus work for, which was part of this gym okay. thing to get fitter. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's not really relevant to the story. <laughs> so I was um, whinging to him about how oh, everything's hurting, mm. and he very kindly gave me some magnesium oil from his pocket, which I then um, took, and all my injuries came came good. And it's very expensive magnesium oil. So I have a very um, I've got a thing for Peter Hitch, and I love him. <laughs> And I'm very sad that he's stepping down. No, we, everyone loves he's Peter lovely. Hitchner. He is, and it, without a doubt, the nicest man I've ever mm. met. Natasha loved him, was infatuated with him, and I DM'd him and said, would you send a message for her birthday? Yeah. And he knocked it back in about 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, I mean, like sent one no. back, sorry. Oh, not right. knocked it back, sent right. one oh, back. Oh, so yeah. very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't you start holding <laughs> well, it. probably answer. actually the opposite. <laughs> sent back and, and did one and do very different yeah. things. Yes. Anyway, I just want to say, yeah, I absolutely love Peter no. Hitchner. We'll still see him on the weekend. We will, and we'll watch with interest. Hey, if you have been living under a rock around here, the Aussies win the World Cup bridge. So much so was the excitement that you were even watching at 7.45 when uh, this happened. A miss-up. Finally a miss-up. Could this be a moment? Could it? One of the great catches under pressure you will ever see. My goodness gracious me. Is that a match turner? Australia might believe so. Sensational. Yeah, that was Travis Head. And because of that catch, I knew the game turned around, so I went to bed. <laughs> and when I woke up this morning and saw the Aussies all looking happy, I knew I'd made the right decision. <laughs> well, you did have to wait till about 25 to 3 for this next highlight. Oh, yes! Calls through for a single. Needs to hurry. A hundred for Travis Head on the biggest of stages. He joins the legends. Ponting and Gilchrist as an Australian to make a hundred in the World Cup final. It's an innings of substance. His team loves it. So it's three for 47. He and Marnus. Your boy? Mm, yeah, Manus. Manus Lubashank. That's it. <laughs> Close enough. They came to the crease. They put on a 192-run partnership. Travis Head went out after scoring a magnificent 100 with two runs to get, which Glenn Maxwell happily hit. So Glenn Maxwell has come out to the middle. And what odds of him trying to hit the first ball to the fence? Bang. He'll come back for two. And Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time. And in front of 120,000 people, they've upstaged the home team in magnificent fashion. Unbelievable. It really was. Started the season with two losses yeah. of the competition. And everyone was going, eh, they're not up to it. And may I say, Travis Head, will he be man of the series almost? Have to be. Uh, what about I actually caught up with him? No, Virat Kohli was. Was he? No, yeah. I mean man of Australian series. <laughs> <laughs> Who's left-handed with a moustache. <laughs> I actually caught up with him uh, after the game and I said, you scored 100 in a World Cup, you joined some of the greats like Punter and Gilly. I'm definitely third on that list. So, um, <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a nice one to join. Um, again, just nice to, to be here. It's nice to contribute. Nice to, yeah, I just said the boys, I'm looking forward to the reunion. 
<laughs> so he was unbelievable. He was what fabulous. a game. Everybody, I think, today is a bit slower. Yeah. 3am's mm. yeah. a late finish. I know. Well, I don't like it. But anyway, I did watch the first bit and it was fantastic. And now we've got the T20 to look forward to, haven't we? We do. Yeah. Which is when, Robes? That must be coming up soon. It's a great question, Bridge. I'm pretty sure it starts maybe next week. Yeah. Busy, I think so, yeah. Jump on his Instagram too, Travis said. He's having <laughs> yeah. a bloody lot of fun yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M's Rush Hour has had a makeover for summer. Well, I'm just trying to trim up. Oh, I'm sore. I've been boxing, but geez, I look good. <laughs> this is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duquo. The AFL draft, the first round is tonight, and one man hoping of realising his dream is the wizard, Nick Watson, and he joins us in studio. Footy fans are familiar with the Wiz. Hi, this is Warwick Kemper. But pretty soon, <laughs> we'll be hearing a lot more from the wizard. Big Metro go forward once again. The lunging effort was pretty good from Watson. So was his work at ground level to win the footy. Right foot snap towards goal is superb. Everything he touches is turning to goal. Before he very likely gets drafted tonight, please welcome Nick Watson. Absolutely. Nick, thank you so much for coming in, mate. Uh, I guess the first question, how are you feeling today? Yeah, the nerves start to hit today. Um, Yeah, just been trying to keep myself busy, seeing a few mates this morning. But yeah, nerves hit me today. Oh, Nick, well, good luck. We'll be thinking of you. Now, we're expecting your mum, Laurie, because I know how your mum must be feeling. Uh, What happened to her? Nah, she's a bit full on today, so um, she couldn't get in here. <laughs> she's all over the shop. So. Is she more scared than you, do you think? Yeah, I reckon. She's, yeah, you can tell. She doesn't really say it, but you can yeah. see it, you know. Yeah. Has the phone been blowing up today already? Yeah, a lot of messages. Um, yeah, a few people that I haven't spoke to in a while as well, which is good. So, um, nah, that it has been. And yeah, I'm just sort of trying to stay off it as much as I can, to be honest. As we speak to you now, it's just gone five o'clock. When do you go into the draft in terms of the building and what happens from there? Yeah, so we should head in around six. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think it all starts off at seven. So, yeah, it'll be a nervous oh. hour wait. <laughs> oh, Nick. Well, you've been an absolute champion and, and you came to attention like earlier than a lot of the draft picks, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I was lucky enough to play a couple of bottom age games um, through Vic Metro and um, Eastern Rangers as well. So I got the opportunity really early, which yeah. is good. And yeah. does that make it worse or <laughs> as uh, in because you've had the spotlight on you for a yeah. while and you're only, what, 18 or something? Nah, you loved it when you were younger, but when you get older, you're like, <laughs> yeah, it gets a bit annoying, but it's all good. You played with Harley Reid as well. Yeah. Really highly touted. Yeah. Pick one potentially. What do you make of him? Yeah, I've known Harley since I was like 12, so I sort of grew up with him. Um, yeah, I always knew he was a good player and obviously a freak and, um, as I say, generational talent. So, yeah, we're, we're very close. And, um, yeah, when we're with each other, we just like to not talk about footy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Now, you were a Pies supporter as a child. Yeah. Um, obviously, your favourite player? Um, well, it said... Alan Dyer, <laughs> but I'll say Daisy on here. Oh, I'll let you have Alan Dyer because he was my favourite as yeah. well. <laughs> so you you grew up loving the pies. You could yeah. end up well anywhere um, tonight. Yeah. Um, how will you feel about changing your allegiance? Will that be all right? Yeah, nah, it'll be fine. If it's Hawthorne, Dad might not be too happy. <laughs> <laughs> what about now with the age of social media and whatnot? Yeah. How's that been handling that? Because back in my day, Bridge, there was none of this. No. You might have got the odd article in the paper if you played well. Yep. Now the kids all over TikTok, all mm, over Instagram. Yeah. I'm not sure if they're your accounts posting or someone else, <laughs> but you're everywhere and it's good to watch. No, nah, definitely not my accounts. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely built up over the last couple of years. And yeah, especially with like the baselines and stuff. Um, no, nah, it's sort of, it's good when you're like, when you're at home and you want to watch footy on your phone or something, it's good to get like highlights on there. But 
Um, yeah, it can get repetitive and quite annoying because you do cop like the haters from it as yeah. well. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. And how old are you? You're 18? 18, 18. Yeah. And do you have a girlfriend? I'm doing mum mum questions now. <laughs> do you, you're a lovely young man, very hey, handsome. Keep it mum sort Corf, of areas. No, Caulfield Grammarian. Um, <laughs> now, do you have a girlfriend, Nick? Yeah, I do. Um, she plays AFLW for Carlton, so. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Oh, and her name? Oh, no, we don't have to share, but she's lovely, Carlton. Yeah, and yeah. she, um, how long has she been playing AFLW for? <laughs> Uh, two years now. She's played three seasons, two years. So she's a bit older. Yeah, older to me. An older woman. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Eyes where I can see them, please, Bridge. Um, you spent some time with the Hawks, though, through the yeah. AIS Academy? Yeah, so um, the last two years I've been training at Hawthorne, which has been unreal. Um, yeah, been a week each year, so um, it's been good just getting around the boys and they getting around me when I was, especially when I was a bit younger as well, so... Um, yeah, it'd be handy if I ended up there knowing half of them. They come in the draft at pick four. Has there yeah. been any indication? Um, no, nah, I haven't heard much. Well, I, I went into the club um, last week to have a chat with Sammy Mitchell and the, uh, the recruiters, but um, you don't really, they don't really give you much about the draft and who they're going to take. So mm. um, who knows at the end of the day. Nick, how do you feel if they, because I always feel for the young boys who get sent to another state, because you're mm. still young at 18. How would you feel if you got sent, oh, sent, if you got picked, I should say, <laughs> um, in an interstate club? No, nah, I'd be fine. I feel like I'm pretty laid back and cruisy. So, um, yeah, I know the club state could care of you as well. So, uh, yeah, I'd be fine. With what that. about Mumsy? Laurie, would she yeah, be happy? Uh, she'd be all right. She probably wants me out of the house by now. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie, she's doing my head in these last two couple of days. Too many, too many questions. <laughs> uh, how many of you blokes are in the room tonight? Um, so, wait, like who am I bringing? No, no, in terms of oh. potential and hopeful draft days. Uh, well, I'd say I think there's... I don't, 15 to 18. I don't know the exact number, but yeah, there's a fair few because there's, yeah, obviously a couple of bids coming as well. So, um, yeah, there's a fair few going tonight. And oh. what about your nickname? Are you happy with oh, Cal no, Toomey yeah. dubbing you the whiz, the, the whiz. wizard? Yeah, I'll have to say I'm happy because he's probably listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to shake that Warwick Cabber thing though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, the other whiz to be fair. <laughs> what about some of your mentoring? I see that Brent Harvey's helped yeah. you out along the way. Yeah, so um, in under 15s, Vic, I got to um, go over to Tasmania and I went with Cooper Harvey, um, his son. So, And then Brent was there and... Um, back in those days, you sort of get caught up in people saying you're too small to make AFL and having him around, like I said, he's only 172 odd. So, um, he was just in my ear saying, mate, you just want to stay small. We'll help, we'll like help you a long way and just wait and stuff. So having him in my ear the whole time was good. Has that been playing on your mind? Because a lot of people say, if you're not 180, yeah, you know, you're too small yeah. and that's the thing they focus on. Yeah. Um, back in the day when I was a bit younger, it played on my mind, but I couldn't care less now. I just let my footy do the talking. Absolutely. And you were a basketballer as well? Yeah. In your early days? Well, you're yeah. definitely too short for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I gave that up at about under 14. So. Is this just a ploy to be like Pendles and say, I've got my you know, yeah. basketball background? <laughs> I used to be good at basketball, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe you're very good at mini pool. Oh, yeah. If you say so. <laughs> that was with Cal on Yeah, that was Cal, yeah, the other day. So, yeah, got him covered in that. Oh, well, Nick, what can we do to calm you down? Because as you say, two hours till, yeah. till the big you night. You a sip out of your water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, how do you reckon you'll be? Last one, you're sitting in the room in the next hour or so. Yeah. Will you be calm or does it, because it is, it's a boyhood yeah. dream. When yeah, you get the opportunity to live it out, when your name gets called out yeah. and we're sure it will tonight, yeah. it's a realisation of something you've worked so hard for. Yeah, um, I was talking about it with my mates on the way in here. They're just like, Remember all those sessions that we used to do? Now it's finally like you're getting drafted tonight, which is unreal. So, um, no, nah, I will. It will be a nervous wait. Um, oh yeah, I'll be a bit off my edge, but no, nah, Muster, I'll be right.
Well, we wish you all the very all best. Right, and we love the fact now that you are one of our own. So yeah. any success you have, we'll be claiming. <laughs> but all the best tonight, mate, and all the best yeah. for what's going to be a great future. Good Thanks, luck, guys. Nick. Thanks for having me. All the best. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Bridge, did you know that back in 2005, our man Daisy here was selected by Collingwood with pick two in the draft? Yeah, dear little boy, you were at 18. <laughs> well, I'm imagining. Those photos are incredible. Well, do you know what? Just um, speaking to Nick Watson, who's, of course, going to go up, we hope, in the top six tonight, mm, get hopefully. picked top six. He was gorgeous, nervous, and I thought it'd be really interesting to see what, what it was like for you, 18-year-old from Druin, um, not nearly as much media or anything going around that they have now. What was it like to Little Dale? Well, I tell you what, I certainly wasn't as polished as the young no, gentlemen that come in amazing. or anyone else we've spoken to. They are incredible, these mm. kids now. Mm. Almost too professional. Like in terms of what they know, how they prepare, yep. nothing like back in my day, which you know, that is something you say when you're getting older, but it's every bit of what... 18 years ago, 20 odd years ago. So a long time. But so take I, us through it. What happened? Where did you go? Was there a shed somewhere? No, no. So I got invited to the Docklands yep. where just in one of the rooms, they had a big U shape of tables yep. where every club was situated, drafters, recruiters, coaches, so on and so forth. Um, I think there's about 10 or 15 of us. Mm. I remember coming in, my mum took me down. I shook hands with Eddie Maguire as Ooh. we first walked in yeah. and Eddie still laughs at this because he reckons he gave me a wink as oh, to a little bit of a nod. Yeah. But I wasn't sure. So there was no of this mock draft like Cal Toomey's and that wasn't yep. around then. There yep. was one bloke, I think, who was running some sort of setup online. But And yeah. And you wouldn't have even known who your competition was as much as right. these guys do. Correct. I, we used to play Gippsland Power and we get a VHS of your highlights of what you needed to do or, or what you yeah. did well. Yeah. Mm. So it was you know pretty archaic Primitive, for the times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember going in. It is. It's like the culmination of everything you've done from probably six, eight, nine, ten years of age. Your mm. dream was to get drafted. Didn't mm. matter where, didn't matter who, but your dream was to go in there that day and get your name read out. And it became a, a pretty special day pretty quickly. Oh, know? my God. Well, picked at number two. So you heard, um, do they start at they, they, You're not going to read this. They start at one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But you know when you do a top ten. No, no, no. But you know when you do a top ten. Like when I did my five bald men, yes. I went five, four, three, two. No, no, no. It'd probably be an unfair advantage for ten <laughs> if they get the best player. <laughs> Anyway, no, no, no. We, we I can mean bring the way they to... announced. All right, go on. Yeah, well, no, it's literally like so. It's like Lotto. They yes, you don't know which order. No. They just read it out as they go. Um, so I, the only slight indication I thought was maybe either Hawthorne or Collingwood. Yeah, but I'd at draft camp. I spoke to every club, bar whoever whoever won it in two thousand and five. Whoever that was, West anyway. Coast or Sydney, one yeah, of those two. I, yeah. I think it would have been West Coast. And Sydney mm. said, "Look, we've got pick nineteen or whatever it is. You get there, we'll take you." Yeah. So that was the only surety I had. So at least I sort of knew going in. You'd get somewhere. I'd get somewhere. But yeah, pick two. They read out the number, whatever player, yada, yada, Gibson Power, Dale Thomas. And then from literally that moment on, my life changed forever. And what did you do like when you heard your name? Uh, nearly fell off my seat. But no, <laughs> I would have given mum a hug. Like oh. she was obviously a massive part of it. Um, wow. And then literally, you know, polo on, shake hands, Mick Mouldhouse, camera in your face. You know, what do you want to do? And how was your, how was your talking? Uh, as you can tell from now, I've, I've been a lot better at it, but it's still not great. <laughs> um, no, it was That's just, great. And, but it was fun. Like yeah. I, I was literally, the, the dream had come true mm. and for everyone. So then I went back home. Uh, we had a big shindig at mum's. Um, yeah, the old hills hoist. We stood around there and won some goon bags <laughs> and goon a fortune, which, and then the next day I drove into training with Pendles. Wow. Mm. So I literally got calls as driving into training from, you know, Hey, mate, it's Nathan Buckley, you know, yeah. just can't wait to be. And we were thinking it was prank calls to start <laughs> off with. Oh, yeah, mate, we'll see you soon. And, yeah, the next oh. day we were in the club as Collingwood players. Young mm. boys dream. Incredible, yeah. 
Well, Kevin Sheen is the draft guru, and he has been for a oh, long, long time. We hit him up today and said, Kevin Shifter, can you send us your draft notes on the one D. Thomas? And he did. He sent them back. Are they hand- still handwritten? Handwritten. Yes. Really? Dale Thomas, Gippsland Power slash Drew and FC. Oh, yeah. Mercurial half forward wingman, who is pencil thin at the moment, but is already becoming a human highlight reel. Ooh. A star in Gippy's premiership win and looks destined to become a future star with his blistering pace and aerial ability. Wow. That's not a bad. So were you, like you like a jumper? I was you, a jumper, I was jump. a runner, and I had a bit of riz. <laughs> I tell you what, that's the best report card I've ever got, though. <laughs> <laughs> my mum still doesn't know after my sister left that you don't get their midterm reports. <laughs> I said they stopped. Sir <laughs> <laughs> Rush Hour, Triple M. Sun's out, bin's out. What are you doing, Fat? I'll have a spell. <laughs> have a spell, Fat. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Rosie Walton's Ooh. in the studio. Some big music news dropped today, Rose. Oh, the hose, Marie. Welcome, hose. I do love a gig, as you might have noticed by now. Mm. Um, you are a gig girl. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we call you in the biz. <laughs> a little technical. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'll get it at home. Uh, um, uh, Coldplay played in mm. Perth two nights over the weekend, and everyone was a little bit annoyed that they were so far away from here. Oh. You weren't, Daisy? No, I was. Oh, you were. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrated. Okay, I wasn't yes, flying to Perth for anything that weekend. I, no, heard they were, I, heard they were, <laughs> I heard they were playing at the Top Lights wedding. Well, Is that true? That's what he – he liked to think that Coldplay arrived, like chose their dates mm, around the fact that he wedding. was getting married. So, so why didn't they come to I think it was Melbourne. Mark McGowan who paid for them essentially to come over, who no. was was – the was? premier, yeah. yeah, I think it was an incentive from the state government, yeah. which we've done in Victoria yeah. as well. We had uh, Foo Fighters play at Cadenia Park, um, but Mark McGowan said, "I had no idea how popular they are. Two sold out shows." Oh my god! <laughs> how did you not much? know how popular Coldplay are? I don't know, but they've been on this Music of the Spheres world tour since March 2022. They're mm. still on tour, yeah. and today announced they're bringing it to Melbourne Woo-hoo. in 2024. How good! Um, as, a, as a Triple M presenter for three weeks, can we get tickets? <laughs> uh, talk to Jay Mueller. Because yeah. okay. I saw them or last George. time and it was one of the best concerts Amazing. I've ever yeah. seen. So everybody I know who went to Perth to see the shows on the weekend, it was like colour spectacular. It was just, mm. you know, uh, life affirming. Mm. It was beautiful. It was everything you want to see. You know, 90,000 people a night. Uh, they did, apart from their Music of the Spears album, they did Clocks, they did Yellow, they did Paradise, oh, they did Scientists, all the ones you want to yep. see, apart from the new album, which is now two years old. <laughs> they haven't played in Australia since 2016, and that's when which I is went, the same yeah. year that they played the Super Bowl. Wow. So that's pretty remarkable. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, Gwyneth Paltrow was mad to consciously uncouple him. No, I think it's done wonders for Chris. I love Chris. I, think I would it's... never unconsciously uncouple him. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think he's amazing. Did, um, oh, you know, as a proper think, gig chick, is that your stance? As, as a gig chick, that's my stance. <laughs> is he over 50? Is he bald? Uh, no, Ooh. neither. He's getting there. Getting there. <laughs> Close. Yeah, off the list. Um, but they're playing October 2024, uh, Marvel Stadium, the 30th and 31st of October. Mm. Tickets are on sale next week. But uh, they first came to Australia in 2000, just after Yellow came out, mm. and the big day out nabbed them for that tour. Uh, which was pretty incredible. So they were on the plane. They were sort of nobodies and then, you know, their video came up on the aeroplane and everyone's like <laughs> hanging shit on them and just going, oh, look at you, I'm on the telly and all that sort of stuff. They used to play cricket with all the other bands that were part of the Big Day Out. Oh. I know Powderfinger were massive. Bernard mm-hmm. Fanning, who we heard, he mm. was like the captain of this cricket thing right. that went on. 
But they love Australia. They love cricket. They love playing gigs here. Mm. And Sunday night they did an extraordinary thing, which was last night. Um, Chris Martin came out and did a song for Shane Warne. Oh, wow. Because they were good mates, very good mates. Mm. Very good mates. And it was shared by the Warne family. And this is just how he introduced it. Friends come. Friends go. There are just some people you're lucky to know. If I could, I'd So that was the song there. He said that he... It, it, he actually, have you got that bit where he... No, no. that's all right. He, saw, he talked about how it, the song just came to him one night mm. and so he kind of put it out there for the audience, which is beautiful. Mm. And I think it uh, affected him quite emotionally because he came out and then did Fix You Next, which is a massive song that uh, they've been playing for years, but he didn't quite get it right. He guessed mm. it. His own song. <laughs> Did I get it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> did I f*** with? Sorry, Because I did the whole song, the running, I would just... <laughs> <laughs> just, just, go, just before the verse, please. Still love you. Okay, just pretend that never happened. Just... <laughs> 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 okay. When you try to show best that you don't succeed... He didn't need to know the words, the audience know them all, but um, oh, no. just shows how emotional, because he's done that song, yeah. Yeah, so Coldplay's Music of the Spheres World Tour coming to Melbourne's Marvel Stadium October 30 and 31. Sign up for first access tickets at coldplay.com. We need two each, Bridge. Yeah. Minimum. <laughs> minimum. Yeah, minimum. That's, that's minimum. This is the Rush Hour Summer Edition with Daisy Thomas and Bridge Duclos. Good luck to all the potential draftees tonight as well, Dave. Absolutely. What a time, Bridge. Having your dreams come true for a few of them. Oh, and I love Nick Watson. He's my number one boy now, who he, we spoke to earlier. He's officially ours. Hey, tomorrow, the number one pick, whoever that is tonight, yep. we will be speaking to them on the rush hour. Oh. Plus, Billy Brownless, I see here, bringing some content about JB's what? wedding. Content. Can't actually get him to be here on the show, but he wants to phone in. And we can't get him to do content when he is on the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we'll finish with another one of his jokes. Mm-hmm. But tonight, for the first of the week, he does it again. End the day with a laugh. Um, I have a joke. This is Billy's joke. A guy was sitting quietly reading the paper when his wife walked up behind him and whacked him on the head with a magazine, Jim. Really? What was that for, he said? That was for the piece of paper I found in your pants oh, no. with the name Laura Lou written oh, on them. Jeez. Two weeks ago, I, he said, <laughs> when I went to the races, Laura Lou was the name of one of the horses I backed right. and it won and I bought you those beautiful flowers with the winnings. <laughs> Oh, darling, I'm sorry about that. I should have known there would have been a good reason. Three days later, he was watching TV when she walked up again and hit him on the head with a frying pan, Jim. <laughs> Knocked him out. Oh, no. When he finally come to, he said, and what was that for? Laura Lou just rang. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> What is Bully, that? bully. <laughs> I, I mean, Laura, so he was lying. Yeah. 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 Bully, bully. <laughs> <laughs> right. How was the delivery of that? <laughs> the, delivery, the delivery throws me every time. <laughs> oh, Bill. I think he first told that in 2019 and we're still waiting for a punchline. But, Bradley, that was actually not even a joke. <laughs> i tell you what else. If it was related to Bill, it wouldn't have been a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Never responsibly. Oh, that's the one. Building the show tomorrow. Building the show tomorrow. <laughs> From the farm.
Triple M's Rush Hour with JB and Billy. Bet with the homegrown bookie this spring carnival. Bluebet. Download the app for iPhone and Android. What are you really gambling with? 